Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David Medeiros, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. So I had a friend of mine that I've been working with off and on on some projects that were it was super secret projects that we'll have to tell about later. (laughs) And she is in Florida, and she asked me about heating her pool with wind and solar. And I think she was one to do it with, you know, a few solar panels and, you know, thought that we could just throw a 12 volt, you know, power supply to something and heat it up. Let's kind of talk about that for a minute because <laughs> what's our reality on heating water? Reality on heating large areas of water, such as swimming pool, is nay nay. <laughs> I say nay nay. It's just not feasible. I mean, it, you know, you can get on our website and there is a chart on there, and I will say it here. And so just bear with me as I say it. To heat water takes 2.5 watts of energy to heat it one degree in a one hour period on one gallon of water. So if we got a a gallon jug and you stick something that can produce 2.5 watts of power, little, say a little heater of some sort, and you put it down in that jug of water, now, this was zero loss. This is saying that the, that the jug is well insulated and it's going to have zero loss, okay? And, there's, and that this is just 100% efficiency, right? So and in one hour's time, it will be one degree hotter than it was. How many hours? One hour. <laughs> so let's just take that back and say, okay, well, I put 25 watts in there. Well, then it's going to be 10 degrees hotter in one hour on one gallon of water. Most swimming pools are anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five thousand gallons of water, and then you go through a night cycle where the right, sun goes down. Right. And we're and we're not getting one hundred percent efficiency. <laughs> we're getting you know a whole lot less than that. You know the heat loss and stuff. So unfortunately, large tanks of water are are not. It's just almost an impossible. Not saying it's impossibility. Nothing's impossible. Cost versus return. It's impossible. I mean, it, it is an impossibility. Now, we do have, there's many, many uses for them, and we sell tons and tons and tons of them, literally. I mean, we sell you know, thousands of these things a year. And five gallons of water, within an hour's time, I can take a 300-watt solar panel, and, you know, I can have it raised up, you know, 20, 30 degrees coming off of, you know, and so maybe two solar panels. I actually have literally 120-degree, I mean, warm water. I mean, and five gallons of water is, is you know, when you don't have warm water, that's a lot. I mean, you can cut that back with, with you know, two and a half gallons of, of colder water and have a good, you know, for washing dishes, sterilization type stuff, all that. You know, you can really, and a matter of fact, you can, we've actually boiled water before in our buckets. I mean, we've got it so hot that we boiled it, you know. So it's possible, but it's very, it, it's almost impossible to do large tank swimming pools. So we get that question a lot. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're talking about this today, too. We do get this question a lot. I and mean, Wes came to me and he said, you know, I've got this gal that she's wanting. And I hated that. I mean, I hate to disappoint Wes. And unfortunately, I had to disappoint him. <laughs> on that one. Like, uh, no, 
It's just not possible. Well, so what can we do with, with 12 volts coming into it? It doesn't matter the voltage that's coming in so much. We have a 12-volt a element, we have a 24-volt element, and we have a 48-volt element. What does matter is that you, that you match them accordingly to the energy that you have coming in. If you have 48-volt solar panels or 48-volt battery bank, and then you want to hook an element up to that, you need to match that. You need to match that element to that. I mean, and there's a reason they make 12, 24, and 48-volt and it's all to do with the ohms factor on it, you know, the resistance factor. Because a 220-volt element like you would have in your regular water heater, the reason they don't work with 12-volt is because of their, the resistance factor on them is a lot greater. So this is all about doing something that in any other situation we're absolutely trying to avoid, which right. is create resistance. Right, right. right. I mean, so yeah. everything else, yeah. where it's like, yeah. put your solar yeah, panels I mean, out in know, freezing yeah. weather because it's better. There's no, but here's the, here's a instance right. where we're trying to create resistance. I mean, trying to create heat, I mean, is what we're trying to do. I mean, for lack of a better term, I know it's not exactly. So, so all you guys out there that are listening to this and be like, well, that's not exactly right. I understand it's not exactly right. But, you know, in a hot water heating element, all we're really trying to do is create a kind of a dead short in there. I mean, we're just trying to create heat, you know, the positive and negative are hooked up to the to either side of the element. And, and literally it's dead shorting in there. If you hook positive and negative up, you've got a dead short. I mean, you're dead shorting. If you stick a positive and negative down in a bucket of water, just off of a solar panel. Don't do this at home. Well, don't do this, yes. But what you, what, you, what you actually do, you'll see it start bubbling. And what you're doing is creating electrolysis of water. You're, you're actually creating hydrogen. And you're creating hydrogen gas is what you're doing because it separates. The electricity actually will separate the hydrogen and the oxygen molecules away from each other. And it'll, you'll start seeing like a... It's not because it's boiling hot. It's just because there's hydrogen gas coming off of that. Spooky. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever watched the movie The Martian, but that's kind of what he did there is that he creates hydrogen gas. (laughs) And and then he blew himself. And then he blew up. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't watch the movie, then you'll know what I'm talking about. It goes boom. Hydrogen gas is very flammable. But... But anyway, but really, I mean, we have so many people that we understand the, the want to on this stuff. But, to, you know, they'll take their water heater and just try to convert it without putting new elements in it or whatever, you know, just by running solar panels to it. And it just doesn't really work that way. You have to you have to match that element, you know. So one of the big things that our elements are used for and that we'll tell people, one of the big, the biggest thing we use them for is dump load resistance. So they're, again, resistance. I mean, we talked about them. And we use that for keeping a turbine under load is one of our major that was the reason we originally got these in is so when your turbine went to dump energy, if you've heard in the earlier podcast, you heard the clunking, that was the turbine dumping energy. And we were dumping it through a resistor bank that was placed on our board. But in that same instance, you could have actually dumped it as long as you had the correct resistance through a hot water heating element into a preheat tank before your hot water heating element or before your actual water heater. And that's what we would tell you to do. We don't want you to remove one of your elements from your water heater. And in this case, you don't even, if you have a gas water heater, a lot of people say, well, I have a gas water heater. So it doesn't matter because we buy a little five or typically there's six, six to 10 gallon tank that you would buy like at Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever. You remove that one element. Usually they only have one element in them. You remove that element from that. You put our element be in 12, 24, 48, depending on your voltage of your batteries and your turbine. And then any of that energy then dumps over into that 
And there again, if it dumps over, as you heard at clicking there a minute ago, our battery bank is full. We're not using it right now. So there's a lot of energy being dumped. I mean, it, it was dumping every two minutes. It was dumping for about 15 seconds, you know. So that's just that list that the hot water heater yeah. has and so, to run. So that one, when your water heater, when you actually turn the tap on, you're pulling your hot water that you've made with your gas. And then, but what you're going to pull back over into your, to your gas water heater or to your electric, depending on what you're, you know, how you're, is going to be put, pulling over preheated water. Maybe it's only 80 degrees, but that's still 20 degrees that it doesn't have to work, you know. So we effectively get some free, di- it's free, free heating versus just dumping it off into the room, you know. And actually, we're in our, since we're in our new classroom, it's fine in here because it's a, it's a cooler room here that we have. And so it's actually just helping heat this room, you know. So it's not a bad thing for us, but if it, in a home situation, you wouldn't want to do that. You'd want to dump it into somewhere that mattered, you know. And so hot water heating element would be what I would suggest there. And and that's a real simple, easy, easy task, you know. And typically on a five-gallon or a six-gallon to ten-gallon, you won't dump enough electricity during the day. And, and, and if you are, then you, you're kind of like us. You're just not using your system for some odd reason, you know, to the point that it would over overheat the water type of deal. And if you thought that you were going to do that, we also sell the thermostats that you can put in there. And we actually sell an adjustable thermostat element that actually has it built in with it that you just screw right into the tank. And, it, you know, we sell those in a 12 and a 48 volt that will, you know, so that way you can adjust it and it will stop. You know, if you do that, though, just remember now you have to have an, a, a backup source of dumping any kind of electricity that that wind turbine would, would make, you know. So either have to have some type of transfer switch or, manual or automatic type of transfer switch where it would actually kick over and start dumping that energy through a resistor bank or somewhere else. So, but. Well, what, what is the solution to warm up your pool? I mean, could you, could you still, even though have preheated like you're talking about, I mean, is there you, some, you could, it's, or, is, or is the cost benefit just it, way out of whack? It's just there? way out of whack. It's, it's so far out of whack because it's such a large open area you know i mean there again if this was an enclosed type deal where it's all enclosed and some people think on a, like in a closed loop area that that heat never leaves but if you're actually heating the home it is leaving because it's transferring through the floor i mean the heat is transferring through the floor and then you're bringing it back around and to heat it again we don't actually sell them here but if, if a person was wanting to do some type of a heating i would recommend the evacuated tubes that you would mount on the roof or in the southern light they actually run water through them. They kind of look like a radiator when you right, actually look right. at them. And then use solar to run that pump to keep that water flowing keep through it there. Right. And that way you're not adding any electricity cost to the home or anything of that nature. Just run it directly through that way. That would be your best best solution. Use some type of evacuated tube and then some type of a 12-volt or 24-volt pump to actually keep that water circulating back through that. And also on a timer because you don't want to just circulate it all the time or it won't have time to heat up, you know, so. Yeah. Or circulating yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, circulating your cold water back up into the, so, I mean, typically you want that to be able to heat for anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes on an evacuated tube like that. It's actually very efficient. I mean, how they, most everybody that I'm, I'm talking to here on this program would know, you know, you go lay your gray or black garden hose in the sunlight for 15, 20 Ooh, minutes and then yeah. you stick your hand underneath it and find out how hot it is in the middle of summer. <laughs> it's going to be hot, you know. Even that in this time of year where it's only getting up to 70 degrees, you know, you'll put your hand under and, and it'll be, a, you know, 80, 90 to 100 degree water coming out of that thing. 
in just a very short order of time, you know. So that's how I would recommend on the larger the larger things of such as pools and things of that nature. But stock tanks, things of that nature, we do have some people use them in that. They'll use a couple elements just trying What's to that, what, what about is the max stock tank size that we could You know, the two be, the two before oval, I say oval, I, I kind of consider it pill shape, you know, yeah. it looks like a pill. That's about as as large as one. And I think there are 300 gallons. I think if you look that up, there are 300 gallons. So if you had something bigger than that, would you do multiple units? Over that, it's just going to be so hard to get the cost. I mean, you're going to have so many solar panels out there to try to even get the cost. At that point, what would be best? And and this aeration? Well, aeration for one. Two, the best thing you could do, if if you're needing to run and and for sure have something that's, that's melting, the best thing you can do in that situation is find, if you're close enough to electricity, right? I mean, you're close enough, to, and most of the time you are, if you're close enough to the home, is to use that energy from the plug or from a, you know, from a power cord and then either grid tie back. I would still say with, always with battery backup as well. So that way if your power goes out, you're trying to keep this, you know, you would have the battery backup. But then do a battery backup slash grid tie. And that way, when the winter's over, you don't have a lot of solar panels sitting around doing nothing, you know? And so now you're just feeding back. Now you're just going to feed back. You're going to help offset your AC costs, you know, of their home. You're going to offset no money. And I would recommend that for really anything. I mean, you know, somebody said, and we have numerous people, EV cars are becoming a huge deal right now, you know, and everybody says, well, I want to do, you know, I want to get, get a solar charger for my home, for my car. And, you know, first question I ask is what time of day do you work? Do you work like me, eight to five? Or do you work? In the are night? you a vampire? Because if you don't, if you work like me, eight to five, when are you going to charge your car at home? Because I don't have time. I mean, in, in the winter time, I leave in the dark and I go home in the dark. I mean, so there's no. We don't let David. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just eight to five. I mean, I got to drive. But it's just saying. But if I was to offset that electricity, so when I go plug that EV car in at home, throughout the day, I can produce enough energy to offset that charging. So. Same thing, but the big deal, the 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 one the deal that we were talking about on today's deal that will get us on this is making sure you're matching resistance and matching, you know, matching up your voltages. Don't think, well, electricity is electricity, and it, it is. It'll both of, all of it will shock you, but there is a big difference in the resistance of it. You know, that's why a 12 volt turbine won't work with a 24 volt battery bank, and that's why. And, uh, and, and that's also why a 24 volt turbine. Everybody says, well. If I'm over battery voltage, would I not be charging? The answer is yes. You will be doing it very inefficiently because it's there again, it's all ohms factor and it's all a resistance factor. And the batteries now have a different resistance factor than you're trying to put into them. And so once it meets that, there's just very little energy left there is is the problem. I mean, it's just very, unless you go through an MPPT and then that thing takes all that out of that. I mean, it it knows all the algorithms to take that inefficiency away and become efficient. And so that's that's where you're working on there. But but yeah, definitely match your voltages to what you're what you're working with, being on a hot water heating element, being on a battery bank, whatever you're working with. And the lower the voltage, the more important that really is, truthfully. I mean, because if you if you're not careful, you'll just lose all your efficiency, I mean, right out the window. So that's about what I've got for that one. Okay. So we get on everything you need to know about the water heating elements yeah. and mesh. Yeah. Water heating <laughs> elements are great. Sell lots of them. 
call us. We've got tons of them in stock right now, but do understand their capabilities and their, and their limits. I mean, they were never designed for a 25,000-gallon swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, so. All right. Well, thank you very much for downloading our podcast today, and we'll look forward to bringing you some more podcasts later. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's Doggy Chicken Treats coming. Thanks again.